0: That's the way it is. That's nightly news for this Wednesday night. I'm Tom Brokaw.
1: This is prime time television here, folks. It's showtime.
0: Welcome, my friends. This is the FTV Live Netcast, episode number five. I am Scott Jones, the man behind TV's best insider website let's figure the TV's best website period uh, I have uh, getting ready to finish up this netcast and then uh, I've got to figure out what I'm gonna do with my phone uh, I don't know about you guys but if you notice that since at, whenever Apple introduces a new phone your old phone doesn't seem to start working correctly do you think this is kind of a plan do you think Apple's doing this on purpose I mean, I'm hoping to get the iPhone 10 on the day it comes out. Um, I try to get them all on the day it comes out. I've had every iPhone that there is. And um, I just, you know, I've always loved the Apple products. And the only time I don't like them is right when they introduce a new phone, because that's when it seems that my phone starts, you know, crapping the bed, so to speak. And like right now, I could be talking to somebody on the phone, but if I want to put it on speakerphone, I hit speaker, I can't hear them, Uh, I can hear them still on the earpiece, but not on the speakerphone, and then if I restart the phone, the speakerphone works, but then eventually it quits working, and there's all kinds of little bugs and glitches that go on, and then you get the new phone, it works fine, and you're like, oh, this is awesome, until they introduce the next phone. Which is kind of funny, because this time when they introduced, they introduced the iPhone 8, it you know which automatically makes your iPhone 7 or 6 or whatever you have obsolete. I mean, that's what Apple tries to do. So you, here I got the iPhone 7S or 7S Plus. I got the big one. And they introduced the iPhone 8. And now all of a sudden I just have a relic. Uh, you know, I, I should be shamed when I walk into a public place with my iPhone Uh, 7 Plus, which is just an old dinosaur. It's kind of like walking in with a flip phone. Um, But the best thing was, what ABC, or what ABC? I'm reading my Twitter feed while I'm like talking to you. And a tweet just came up from ABC. Uh, What Apple does is they, uh, I'm multitasking. See, I'm a multitasker. Anyway, what Apple does is they make you feel like your phone is, again, obsolete the minute the new phone comes out. Well, this time, they introduced the iPhone 8, and you thought, all right, this is the latest, this is the greatest, but then 10 minutes later, they introduced the iPhone 10. So the iPhone 8 was like obsolete. It only took 10 minutes. And the iPhone 9 never even existed. So it's kind of weird how uh, Apple does their thing I'm not sure what happened to the iPhone 9, but we went straight from 8 to 10 and it only took 10 minutes. Um, so I'll get the 10 and then they'll come out with the 11, which is kind of funny because now we're gonna air we're gonna run iOS 11 on iPhone 10. Uh, at one point it was just iOS and now iOS has moved past the phones um, and we're on iOS 11. Which, by the way, if you use iOS 11, there's some really good things that, are, that happen with that. And you need to really dig in there and see what's there. It's much better on your iPad than your iPhone. The iPhone, it's not a huge difference. Um, there's a couple things I don't like. Like, you go into your messages and there's a big thing at the top, a banner. It says messages. I know I'm in my messages. I don't need that banner. Same thing when I'm in my inbox or something like that. It says inbox. And it's pretty big takes up a lot of real estate and I'm like but I already know I'm in my inbox it's not like I didn't know that so but I am going to be trying to get the iPhone 10 as it comes out day one and I'll be happy and uh, it's up when I have to pay for it so uh, anybody that wants to buy my I buy my iPhone 10 for me I will give you a sponsorship in my netcast how's that so I will say this netcast is brought to you by Mountain Dew, who also bought my iPhone 10. Uh, so yeah, I'm not above bribery. I mean, TV stations are doing it all the time. Why can't I do it? Uh, so anyway, I think it's time to bring in a guest. Let's get- My guest today is uh, special from the standpoint of when FTV Live named their first ever best five people in TV news, the first year we did it, she was named number one on the list. Out of everybody that works in TV news, this was number one, the top of the list. Think about that for a minute. And uh, she works at one of my favorite shows. Uh, We had her co-anchor on a couple weeks ago. But, you know, we thought we better bring on the real person that drives the show. So, Robin Baumgartner from WGN Morning News. Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I have to
1: say, that is the only major award I've ever won, Scott.
0: It's the only award, Robin, it's the only award you you need. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, once you win that, you need nothing else.
1: It was so funny that day that, that I saw that, I'm like, Oh my gosh and I remember coming to work the next day I'm like Larry look what I got and I'm like and you know what you know why I won this because I work a solid four-hour day I'm <laughs> out the door at ten fifteen, and you're wasting your time I mean you put in four quality hours that's what you need to do that's all well
0: you know what you're probably putting three and a half more quality hours than most people today <laughs> how are you I'm good so you know your story your backstory is kind of interesting like most people that got to work in Chicago you know kind of worked their way up they worked in you know whatever they worked in Yuma Arizona they worked so and so they kind of worked their way up but your your story is a little bit different you kind of you went from radio to TV explain that a little bit I did I
1: started at you know, with Shadow Traffic, which was the traffic service for a bunch of different radio stations in Chicago, back when I first got out of school, I started as a driver checking out accidents, calling them in on a two-way radio, and then I started filling in doing traffic reports overnight on the all-news station, and then um, The Loop needed an evening traffic reporter on the old Ed Till show, and I did traffic on his show in the Czech Copic sports show, and then when Jonathan Brandmeier on his show at The Loop uh, needed a traffic reporter. I started working there. I worked there for like five years. It was fabulous. It was great. Best years of my life. I never had to shower before I went to work. (laughs) And uh, so then when WGN Morning News started, I think in 96, um, they tried a couple of different people doing the traffic, but then um, I think they were just having news reporters do it, so they wanted a traffic reporter. And so they needed someone that was going to fly in the helicopter and didn't really think about it too much. (laughs) So I got hired by WGN Morning Show like six months after they started to do traffic. And that was, God, 20-some years ago. I'm afraid 21 years ago, I think. I remember remember when I lived in
0: Chicago at the time, I remember when you took that job because every time they would go to you, they would use the song Fly Robin Fly up into the sky. And they did it every single time. And then there yeah. you would be in the chopper and you'd say stuff. And you could see, you know, you had the personality then. They would joke a little bit with you and stuff like that. And I guess that's what kind of grew into the morning anchor job.
1: And I think, you know, when we all, when I started here and when Larry Potash started here and Paul Conrad, all of us started, you know, within the same year of each other, I think. Um, we were all really young. I mean, I was like, you know, very young I'm afraid to say how young I was but I mean it was neat that we were all starting at the same time and you know you did they were really didn't give us many rules because you know Bozo was the show that preceded us like all right we'll just let them do whatever they want and they really gave us a lot of latitude to try a lot of different things and I think I can't you know the benefit of coming from radio and working on a show like Brandmeyer's show was that you had to learn to think on your feet and ad lib and, you know, just in the nature of the show was just kind of conducive to that, that it kind of worked, that um, I was able to fit in. So I, I can't believe it's been this many years later, but it's great.
0: And I mean, you guys, and I've said this when I, we were talking to Paul, you, you, I mean, you guys are the number one show in Chicago, which is no small feat. I mean, it's a market like Chicago. You're up against the Today Show. You're up against Good Morning America. And and you guys are the number one show and although you do news I mean you guys really do have fun and as I said to Paul I can't believe that you guys like each other as well as you do but boy you fake it really well <laughs> I have to say
1: I I do I love these guys you know it's it's you know we're all different personalities but I think we've all kind of grown up together and I think I have a, a, a deep respect for for what Paul does for what Larry does I think we all bring something different to the table. And even, you know, the people that have joined later on, like Pat Savasulo, Hysterical, and, I mean, all the other people that have, you know, Jeff Hoover, who's a great producer, does great bits for us, and all the segment producers, everyone. It's just, I feel really lucky that we've all been able to stay together this long. It doesn't happen in
0: this business. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen. It's normal. It doesn't happen, and, you know, it's kind of funny. If you ever do, like, a Google search for WGN Morning News, there's a picture, and there's, like, 300 of you people in the picture and i'm like well of course they're number one because everybody that works there their family lives in chicago and they all watch wgn news i mean you're, you <laughs> yeah. guys have a, I mean there's a lot of different people contributors and different people coming on and stuff like that i mean it, it's a pretty big staff i mean you guys just the four of you are kind of the core but you rotate people in and out all the time yeah and
1: we've had a lot of great people you know Annabelle bella who's done around town with us guys she's been here for 10 or 12 years now, too. Um, you know, Lourdes Duarte was on the show for a while. Now she's in the afternoons, and Demetrius Ivory, Aaron Ivory, and um, Dan Ponce Gray, Lauren Jigget. I mean, there's a lot, you know. But I just love the fact that um, I think people that come in are just get used to being comfortable with who they are and being they know that when they come to the show, it's about people being able to see if you're being authentic. And I think that's what's been great about this show. You just got to, you know, people can see through you pretty quick. And I think that's probably true in stations around the country. You just got to, you, you can't
0: hide who you are. Well, <laughs> you and know? the other thing is, I mean, the other thing is, most people in TV, you know, have giant egos and very thin skin. But if you're going to work on your show, your skin's got to be pretty thick. I mean, you guys, oh. you take by far and away the most abuse. But everybody <laughs> on the, everybody on that show takes abuse, and you guys all seem to roll with it. I mean, does it ever, did you ever say, you know, wow, uh, you know, or do you just realize you've had a thick skin all the time, and it just, you know, rolls off, and you know it's all part of the, part of the, part of the deal? You know, I, I think that's, I think you've got, you got
1: to have a sense of humor about yourself, but that's how I was raised, that, you know, I, and so, and I think also, being on the, the Jonathan Brandmeier radio show for all these years, is was a legend, and you know, being kind of the outsider coming into that show late when, you know, Buzz Kilman and Bruce Wolf had all worked together for so long. I was just kind of trying to find my way. And so I kind of became kind of like, you get to be the brunt of the jokes in that environment too, but you learn to hold your own. And, you know, it's fun. It's fun when people are able to laugh at themselves. I've never found it funny to take yourself too seriously. And that's, I think, why the show works. Everyone just kind of knows, whatever, it'll be me today, it'll be you
0: tomorrow. Well, the thing I love about it is... I mean, everybody does different bits on the show and everything else. And and so often the bits are just pure gold and sometimes they fall flat. But the thing is, you laugh no matter what, whether it's funny or not. And I'm like, either this woman just has a sense of humor that she finds everything funny or she's very good at faking it because, I mean, you really do. I mean, you almost, even when the bits kind of fall flat, I find myself laughing just because you're laughing find myself laugh. I think it's almost funnier when the stuff fails on the show because well when it yeah when it's spectacular fails I agree with you right. I agree I mean, with it, you but that happens so often to us Scott, <laughs> <laughs> that
1: I'm just I kind of like you kind of throw your hands up like oh god this is so typical of our show that I find that almost funnier than with something's that's really working so when I'm laughing I'm probably I'm laughing to keep from crying or I'm actually laughing so hard because it's God's honest truth So this just Things go spectacularly wrong All the time Around here Really For a big market It's like Whatever We're doing our
0: best God, That's all we can do Yeah but I love that you, I mean you guys Are willing to poke fun As I said Fun at yourself You're, You poke fun at the You know At the station I mean when view, I know when viewers Have written in And said you know stuff I've uh, Paul has literally said Hey if you don't like this crap Don't watch it And stuff like that <laughs> I mean Who talks like Who talks like that To a viewer I don't know. And I don't know how,
1: of all of us, I don't know how Paul hasn't gotten fired over the years. God love him. But he just makes me laugh all the time. And it's great. You know what's great is that management has let us have fun with the idea of management as this entity. You know what I mean? And they really, there's so many stations where people get reeled in about any mention of anything about station management, anything, and, and they don't have a sense of humor about it. But this place has been great in allowing us, you know, to let the show grow and just really, it's it's just all in good
0: fun. Well, then asking now, which was obviously the million-dollar question, is uh, you're, you know, more than likely you're going to be taken over by Sinclair. Um, is there, is there, you know, Paul said, Hey look, we're the number one show, so I don't think they're gonna mess with us and stuff like that. I mean, is that kinda of your feeling as well? I mean, is I, I know like- I know I've talked to people inside the station that are are scared, but then again, I think all of us that have been in T V long enough have all gone through ownership changes and you kinda of know there's really nothing you can do. So you gotta kinda it. I feel like,
1: you know what I, I show up, I do my job and I think the show works and it works well, and it seems to have been working for a while. And I don't think anyone who's in business wants to mess with something that's working, but who knows, you know, it's like, like you said, I don't know how many management, you know, bosses we've had over the years. All you can do is try and keep your head down and keep going forward, keep the train on the tracks, and hopefully they appreciate what you do. I I don't know, I mean, who knows what's gonna happen. You hope to God you're still here and the hope the show still does well. And I think of it as a blessing that we've been on for as long as we have. And I hope they appreciate the show for what it is. So well, it remains to be seen. You know, I, I've, you read of all different things about different companies. And
0: I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping all stays the same. Well, you know? when like, you, uh, um, I'm, I'm going to say two things. One is, hopefully Sinclair will not make you work more than that four hours that you put in every day. Right. And second of all. When you throw it over to the courtesy desk and Boris Epstein is sitting there, you know, don't uh, don't be so surprised. I tell you, I
1: this the Paul. For those who don't know it, well, they heard Paul probably talking the last you know, couple of weeks about his courtesy desk. But, you know, I, nothing would surprise me. Paul manages to bring people out of. Every part of this building, every you know, and people show up and and sit and talk with them.
0: So I nothing would surprise me. Well, I have to say (laughs) that out of out of the out of all the bits on WGN, and obviously living in Florida, I don't get to watch it all the time. But I I see the clips and stuff like that. Um, The courtesy desk is the one thing I just I love that. It's funny, it's it, it's almost funny every time and again. When it does fail, it fails spectacularly, which makes it even funnier. I mean, it's a it's a great bit. If people haven't seen it, it's literally Paul sitting in this dirty, crappy hallway with a <laughs> like a sign that looks like it was made like 15 years ago with like duct tape on it, and he's yeah. sitting at this he's sitting at this little round table that is about a little tiny compared to him. And he right. just does he just does his thing, and it's it's great. I tell you, it's
1: uh, you know he's supposed to be answering your questions and stuff, but half the time it's just a reason for him to rant about stuff. But Paul Conrad, I would have to say, is one of the funniest people I've ever met. I mean, he's he, he does a great job with the weather, but he's one of those flies under the radar funniest guys who, and I just respect his opinion immensely because he does a great job here. But we've you know been co-workers for so long, but I tell you, he cracks me up no matter what he's
0: doing. (laughs) He's just a funny guy. He is, and and, you know, as we said, you know what, it makes no difference if he screws up the weather anyway, because you're WGN, so you can just blame it all on Tom Skilling. That's right. That's right. I I mean, Skilling Skilling is like the weather god of Chicago. He's the weather god anywhere, and the guy is just so... No matter where you are in the WGN weather department, you are going to be way down the list. It's like Tom Skilling. Then you go way down, and there's the rest of the weather department. And you know, luckily, I think Paul just realizes, you know what? I'm never going to be the Tom Skilling of WGN, so I'm going to be the Paul Conrad, and he, and and his personality comes out, and he's funny. Absolutely,
1: and I will say he's one of the. He was one of the first people to get Tom Skilling
0: to do things that were out of his comfort zone, oh, you know, do yeah. some of these. The first time I Tom mean, Skilling and, said, I'm Tom freaking Skilling, it was hilarious. Yeah, now Pat actually got
1: him to do that, Pat Thomasula did, I give him full credit for that, but I mean, there were some early times, like in the in the late 90s, when, you know, Paul got Tom Skilling to go, you know, catch fly balls out in the outfield of Wrigley <laughs> Field, and we'd never seen him do anything like that, so, yeah, it's, you know, it does, it, I will say, it's been a great place to work,
0: i got to be honest with you. The, uh, so what do you, I mean, what do you think for the future? Do you look down the line or do you just say, are you just one of those, I take it one day at a time type type thing? I I never thought this show would go on as long as it had and all of us would be able to
1: stay together this long. So I just feel so lucky that, I mean, I'm working at the station in the town where I grew up, you know, and it doesn't get any better than this. So I just keep thinking every time, A contract is up and it rolls around and, you know, you get to keep this group together. I really don't think past that. It's like I really can't, you know, and plus in my free time, I don't have time. My kids drive me nuts and I'm spending my time running
0: to tumbling meets and everything else. So I don't have time to sit and think about it. Well, what I love is you uh, are a a single mom, but that's not because your co-anchors haven't tried to set you up many times. I mean, I've I've watched them go out on the street and try and find dates for you. (laughs) And they always find
1: the, you know, the the best people, don't
0: they? Oh, yeah. Usually they do. It's some guy that just got released from the Cook County Jail, (laughs) and they say, do you want to go out with Robin?
1: That kind of camaraderie that really has, you know, it's been a blessing.
0: They're always good they always have my back, you know? Well, I just <laughs> wanna I wanna know how a woman is beautiful and as funny and as has thicker skin of you has remained single. What what's up with that?
1: You know what, I don't leave my house, Scott. I'm running around to kids activities all the time. One of these days, <laughs> if I would just leave my house and go somewhere other than the Applebee's that's out in the suburbs one of these days, I just, you're exhausted all the time. You know know? what,
0: I, what you said, I could say the exact same thing, so you know what, I feel you in that regard.
1: There we go, but you know, Applebee's has a delicious plate of nachos, so
0: that's okay. It it is okay, I I totally agree with it. (laughs) Well, anyway, Robin, as I said, thanks for stopping by, you are, as I said, you were the best of the best. Um, you know, I, I usually try not to repeat those, but if I did, you would probably win the award every year. And, oh, uh, you are so sweet. We will see if a WGN staffer can cu- keep the uh, streak going. It's gonna get. It's getting a little tougher. Paul got in there last year at number two, which I'm sure you've never let him live down. You were number one. Oh, yeah. He was number two. Uh huh.
1: Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, thanks so much for t- for uh, calling. It was great talking to you. All right. Well, thank you
0: always great to talk to Robin. I, I I love that woman. She's just, she's so real. She's so honest. She just kind of does it. And uh, she definitely does it her way, which is great. And uh, speaking of doing it their way, I'm done doing it my way. Uh, cue Frank Sinatra, although I can't cue him because then I'd have to pay royalties and everything else. So cue the music. I'm out of here later. Bye.